Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another weekly episode. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm a personal finance expert, author, and spokesperson who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008. Before we get started today, I want to ask you a very quick favor. If you're getting value from the show and enjoying Money Girl, I would love for you to take a moment to submit a rating or a review in whatever podcast app you're using right now. That's a really easy, free way to give back to the podcast. Thanks in advance for that because it helps new listeners find the show and understand what we're all about. Also, I'd love you to participate in the Money Girl community by sending me your money questions, comments, or ideas for future show topics. You can leave a message 24-7 on our voicemail line. Just call 302-364-0308, or you can email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com, or even connect with me on Instagram at lauradadams. Also, I'm on Twitter at Laura Adams, no D in the middle of that handle. And again, lauradadams.com is my personal website where you can use my contact page to reach out or learn more about my work, books, and money courses. The mission with the show is always to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. Every show is created to make sure you come away with practical tips and advice to make better money decisions and take your financial life to the next level. If I mention something on the show that you want to review later or you want to remember, we publish a companion blog post for every podcast episode in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Today's episode is number 720, called Five Tips for How Long to Keep Tax and Financial Records. I have to start out this show by admitting that I used to keep just about every tax and financial document that touched my hands. I think I worried that I would desperately need something later on if I tossed it. But when my husband and I were preparing for a cross-country move from Florida to California over, well, it's been a decade now, it was in 2012, we looked at our large four-drawer filing cabinet and shook our heads. Not only did it weigh a ton, and if you've ever done a long-distance move, you know that's how it's priced, is by the weight or the potential or estimated weight of what you're going to move. 
So, you know, it was full of really old documents, and we knew it weighed a ton. So I committed to going as paperless as possible back then, and I started shredding every file I didn't really need. I probably filled 30 large garbage bags with confetti as I shredded and pared down over an entire weekend. No, it was not fun, but it set me on a good path for being paperless going forward. And no matter if you're already paperless, maybe, you know, you're way ahead of me and and you've already done that or you've never accumulated any paper to begin with, or maybe you've still got boxes filled with mystery documents in a closet, a filing cabinet, a storage unit, Stay with me. No matter your situation, I'm going to review five tips for keeping the right documents. You'll learn which financial records you can toss, which ones to save, and there are some that you actually do need to save, and for how long. While knowing how long to keep taxes and other financial documents may seem confusing, I'm going to make it really, really simple for you in this show. So let's talk about what to know about tossing records, especially without violating IRS regulations. We need to make sure that we stay compliant. So the first thing to know is that you need to keep digital copies of your filed tax returns. The IRS allows you to keep digital copies of your returns and the supporting documents for your income, deductions, and any tax credits that you claim each year. In general, individuals must keep tax returns and backup for a minimum of three years. That's because you've got up to three years to file an amended tax return if you need to, or you've got three years to be chosen for a tax audit. And even if you are chosen for a tax audit, having digital copies of your tax returns is fine. It's considered equal to the paper return. Now, I will say that even though three years is a, you know, a fine length of time to keep your digital records or even your paper records if you're going to hang on to the paper ones, you can claim a loss for certain investments for up to seven years. So I will say if you've got complicated transactions, like maybe the purchase or sale of investments or real estate, which is probably a lot of you, it's wise to keep your tax records for seven years. And while that might seem like a long time, the good news is that digital files are easy to maintain. You know, once you've got them stored, they're really simple. So, you know, you should be able to keep files much longer than that if every year going forward, you simply file a digital tax return or keep a digital tax return. So what you want to do is scan your tax returns or ask your accountant for a digital copy instead of just adding more paper to your filing cabinet. And if you have a business, the IRS says you typically need to keep tax business records for a minimum of seven years, but they can be digitized as well. To turn your tax return into a digital copy, you could use a free scanning app such as Genius Scan. You can put that right on your smartphone. It's loaded with image enhancement features, and it allows you to export documents as a JPEG or a multi-page PDF file that you send to your email. You can text it. You can send it to a cloud service like Google Drive, Dropbox, and Evernote. Now, if you've got stacks and stacks of paper to scan, a traditional flatbed scanner with a document feeder can be a real time saver. And there are many inexpensive printers today that have built-in scanners that will send files 
to your email. So figure out what you need to do to begin turning those tax returns into a digital file going forward if you haven't already started that. All right, the second tip is that you need to manage your digital files wisely. As you transition from paper to digital tax and financial records, you'll probably find that you only need a small drawer for your essential files. And I'm going to cover those in just a moment. And if you're like me, you're going to feel great about decluttering and saving space in your home. So as you begin creating and storing digital files, it is essential to keep them organized and secure. It's a really good idea to keep them saved in multiple places so your information could never get lost in a computer crash or a fire. For instance, you might store digital records on your computer, on a password-protected external hard drive, and in the cloud. Consider creating a main folder for each year. So if you're just getting started, maybe you'll create a 2022 folder and then subfolders within that for categories like taxes, investment statements, insurance, paychecks, or any documents that you might need in the future. You can add a layer of protection by requiring a password to access your main folder. And it's wise to keep your computer's operating system and security software up to date to ward off any cyber theft. Once you create a plan for storing your digital documents, make sure your loved ones know where to find them in an emergency. So make sure they know they're on your computer, they're on a particular hard drive, you know, they're on a particular uh, app in the cloud, etc. In my experience, going paperless and organizing your digital files in multiple places will make you feel a lot more in control of your finances. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Okay, the third tip is that you need to know which expenses are tax-friendly. So I mentioned that you need to keep digital copies of costs claimed as tax deductions or credits on your tax returns. I always encourage people to get familiar with tax-friendly expenses. That'll really pay off because they reduce the amount of tax you have to pay or increase your tax refund. So let me review what these are. If you're not familiar, a tax deduction is an amount that the IRS allows you to subtract from your taxable income. When you reduce your taxable income, you lower your tax liability. Let me give you an example. Let's say your taxable income is $50,000. 
and you're eligible to claim $10,000 in allowable tax deductions. In that case, you only pay tax on $40,000, not on $50,000. That makes a huge difference. And a tax credit is totally different. It's a dollar-for-dollar reduction in the amount of tax you owe, and that can end up being more valuable than a deduction in some cases. For example, let's say you owe $1,000 in taxes. If you get a $600 tax credit, That means you save the full amount. That gets subtracted off the tax you owe and means you would only owe $400. Allowable credits, such as the earned income tax credit, are often available for low to moderate income workers and those with qualifying children. Okay, I'm going to review some of the most common and valuable tax-deductible expenses that you may be eligible to claim. They include state and local taxes, and that includes real estate taxes up to $10,000, home mortgage interest that you pay on up to $750,000 of debt to buy, build, or improve a primary or secondary residence. It includes home mortgage points and mortgage insurance premiums up to certain limits. You can deduct qualifying healthcare expenses that exceed 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. You can deduct HSA contributions of up to $3,650 for an individual plan and twice that amount, $7,300 if you've got a family health plan and you do have to have a high deductible health plan to qualify for an HSA. You can deduct your traditional IRA contributions up to $6,000 or $7,000 if you're over age 50. You can deduct student loan interest up to $2,500 if you meet certain income limits. And there are lots of self-employed expenses that you can deduct, such as one half of the self-employment tax and contributions to a retirement account like a SEP IRA or a solo 401k, and also your health insurance premiums. While being self-employed means you typically pay more taxes than you do when you're an employee, you're also eligible to claim more deductions as a self-employed person. So make sure you take advantage of that. You want to always keep your supporting documents like receipts, invoices, and payments to employees. Keep them, again, as digital records. You can take photos and upload the photos into your bookkeeping program. Maybe you use FreshBooks. QuickBooks or Quicken. Those are some of my favorite programs. All right, the fourth tip is to maintain physical copies of vital documents. While going paperless has many, many advantages, you should keep certain vital paper documents because they're either impossible to replace or very difficult to replace. You want to hold on to the following original records, even if you have a digital copy. Things like adoption papers, birth and death certificates, citizenship papers, documents with raised seals and notarized signatures, education records, immunization records, marriage and divorce papers, medical directives, military records, passports, powers of attorney, social security cards, and wills and trusts. 
Also, consider keeping originals of essential documents that you may not be able to get online. They may include deeds and titles, documents related to gifted or inherited property, investment statements, promissory notes, real estate closing documents, receipts for capital home improvements. So those are things like renovations, replacing a roof, installing a pool, etc. And records on any non-deductible IRA contributions you make. In general, you should keep records related to real estate until, I'd say, a couple of years after you sell the property. You need all of the records related to capital improvements and the sale of the property to figure out things like depreciation, your capital gains or losses, and to make any amended tax returns that could be needed in the future. So consider keeping vital original documents in a very secure place, maybe a bank safe deposit box. You can get a small storage box for less than $100 a year at a local bank or credit union. And if you have an attorney or tax accountant, they can also keep certain records for you or maybe even a backup of certain records for you. You could also store vital paper records in a home safe or even a filing cabinet that locks and is fire resistant. For added protection, put your essential documents in an airtight plastic bag in case they get wet and keep digital copies in case the originals get destroyed. All right, my last tip for you is to get advice from a professional. You always want to get advice from a tax, estate, or legal professional if you're not sure which individual or business documents you need or how long to keep them. In addition to the documents I've talked about in this show, you may have other records or contracts to keep for legal or business reasons. To sum up, if you can get documents online, such as credit card statements, bank statements, and insurance policies, there's really no need to keep them, either as paper or digital files. But you want to keep things like deeds, titles, and purchase confirmations for assets like homes, cars, and investments until the year or maybe the second year after you sell them, just to be safe. In general, it's wise to keep your tax returns for at least seven years, especially if you digitize them and they don't take up any space. However, you need to keep the originals of certain vital records in a safe place in your home or a bank safe deposit box. I hope this show will help you get a little bit more organized with your tax and financial records, maybe throw some things away that you truly don't need, and I promise it's going to make you feel really great to have all that organized. Before we go, I want to invite you to join my free private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. It's a fantastic group of people who are asking wonderful questions, supporting each other, and reaching their ambitious financial goals. All you need to do is search for Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.